Well, you know what that means. It's time to expose the money lies. Let's get started. If you give your brain a problem, it will solve it. That's a quote from Byron Katie that I heard when I went to her nine-day school for the work in Ojai, California in the spring of 2018. So what problems do you have in your business that you need to solve? I tell my clients, give your brain the problem and it will give you the solution. Try the solution and give the data back to your brain to use in solving the next problem. I'm Jill Wright. I'm a money mindset coach. I expose the lies women tell themselves about money and help them build a secure relationship with money so they can free themselves to build a business they love and that they're proud of. I was at Ojai Valley Inn during Byron Katie's nine-day school for the work, which I'll just call the school for short, that each morning I would gather with my small group of 10 for a silent morning walk of meditation. Afterward, a gorgeous array of fresh, healthy breakfast foods and beverages would await us and the other retreaters in the dining room. As I arrived at the dining room this particular day, however, I was caught off guard. Where are the long tables filled with fresh, healthy breakfast foods like oatmeal and eggs, yogurt, nuts, nut butters? the spread that I had grown so fond of over the last few days here at this amazing resort. The food really was good there. As I scanned the dining room now, the landscape I saw was vastly different from what I found the other mornings I dined there. What was missing besides the food were the dining tables full of familiar faces I had met since the day I had arrived earlier that week. What I saw instead was a stunning arrangement of bright, clean, clear, spotless water glasses stacked on layers of plexiglass four or five rows high. There were two long rows of tables running from one end of the large room to the other, one on each side of the room. Each row of tables contained several stacks of glasses, sparkling and so beautifully arranged along the entire length of the tables. I had never seen anything like it. It was spectacular. There were beautiful cylinders of lemons and cylinders of limes interspersed through the stacks of sparkling glasses and dispensers of clear, cool, crisp water evenly distributed among the stacks. Gorgeous fresh flowers in crystal clear vases dotted the landscape of the tables. A beautiful oasis of simplicity, a masterpiece to behold, but no food anywhere in sight. Hmm, interesting. What was happening? Then I remembered earlier in the week hearing rumors of a time of fasting. Ah, and the reality sunk in. No breakfast for me. I was in for a different kind of nourishment that particular morning. I would dine on soul nourishment. I would dine on truth that morning. I had no idea about the transformation that was about to take place in my heart and soul. It was a transformation that would later fuel my entrepreneurial journey. You see, I had come to beautiful Ojai, California for nine days to immerse myself in the mess that was me at that critical point in my life. 
The first couple of days were painfully uncomfortable as I was constantly forced outside my comfort zone in order to confront the doubts, the fears, and the insecurities that had brought me to Ojai. I knew I had some intense work ahead of me. This particular morning in Ojai had already been a doozy. The night before, I had the painful realization that my life had become very blah. That's the only way I can even think of to describe it. It's not like I had a dreadful disease or had experienced some recent tragedy. It was just this underlying dreadful hum. I couldn't even say specifically what made me feel so yuck all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. My life was great. I had a great job, a great husband, a great house. I went to a great church with great people. Everything was just great. But if my life was so great, why was I so miserable? That's exactly what I had come to Ojai to find out. Over the first few days there, I realized that I was not thriving in my life. I was merely surviving, each day just trying to make it to the next day. I often wondered, what's the point? Why am I even on this earth? I was tired of just checking the boxes. I wanted more. I wanted to love my life, my job, my purpose. I wanted to figure out what was missing. And I thought this might be the answer. Despite vowing to myself that I would go all in on this experience, when the chips were down, I didn't show up. I pulled back. I retreated to safety. I played small. Once again, I failed to put myself out there. I was still hiding. But hiding from what? I was so frustrated with myself. I was still just going through the motions. Checking the boxes had become so automatic for me that I wasn't even conscious of it. I had no clue why I was doing this. How in the world was I supposed to get what I came for here in Ojai if I kept getting in my own way? And how long had I been hiding like this? What was I so afraid of? I had not spent all this money, traveled all the way from Nashville to California, taken a two-hour bus trip from the L.A. airport, only to just check the box. This would not do. I had to get to the bottom of this. I had to figure out how to show up for what I wanted in my life. Earlier that day, I had learned that if you give your brain a problem, your brain will solve it. You just had to ask your brain the right question. That night, I posed a question to my brain. Why am I not putting myself out there? Then I prayed, and I went to sleep. The next morning, I woke up, took a shower, and did some journaling. In the process of journaling, my brain delivered the answer to my question. The answer? I am not enough. It was like someone had reached out and slapped me upside the head. How did I not know this? Why had I never seen this belief before? All the pieces 
started to come together in my mind. It all made such perfect sense now. My mom left me. Her and my dad had split up when I was five years old. I remember looking for her to give her the mail I liked to get out of the mailbox, but she was nowhere to be found. My dad took a job in another state and left me with my stepmom. I was in 10th grade at the time, and it was right after my grandfather had passed away. My first husband left. After 10 years of marriage, completely out of the blue, he told me that he had never really wanted to be married. The evidence was all there, stacked up in front of me. Everyone left. I must not be enough. Because if I had been enough, I wouldn't keep losing everything I loved. As all of this poured out in my journal, tears came with it. Lots and lots and lots of tears. Now, here I was, looking at this glorious display of water glasses and lemons and limes and water and flowers. And instead of eating breakfast that morning, I was supposed to search my tired soul for more hard truth. I had just spent an hour pouring out my heart and soul and tears into my journal. I didn't have anything left. But luckily, now I was on to myself. I wasn't going to just check the box this time. I coaxed my ragged ego. Just try. I got myself a glass of water with a couple of lemon slices, and I sat down. I wrote at the top of the paper in the blank titled, Belief You Are Working On. I am not enough. I answered the questions in Byron Katie's The Work. The first question, is it true? No, intellectually at least. The second question, can you absolutely know that it's true? Again, no. There's no way to absolutely know that I'm not enough. The third question, how do you react? What happens when you believe the thought, I am not enough? I wrote my answers, tears once again streaming down my face as I dove headfirst into my pain. Then I went to work on the last question. Who would you be without the thought, I am not enough? This question completely stumped me. The last question I had plenty of answers for. But this one, I had nothing. I couldn't even get close to imagining it. I racked my brain, but my brain couldn't come up with an answer. I persisted. I don't know how long I sat there, tears still dripping down my face. When suddenly, just like you see in the movies, a beam of light shone down on me, illuminating the answer as if it was hanging in front of me like a huge billboard with flashing lights. I 
would be enough. Oh my goodness. It dawned on me in that moment that all this time, the only thing standing between being not enough and being enough was that I believed a thought. It was just a thought. Why, at 50 years old, was I just now learning this? The tears stopped, and suddenly I was giddy with excitement. Instantly, I went from not being able to stop crying to I couldn't stop laughing. It was that really good, energizing laughter, that cleansing laughter that just, ah, release, where you just release every tension and give in to the amazing ball of energy rising up in your core. I just laughed and laughed and laughed. I had a renewed energy. I felt light as air, like a helium balloon without that weight that keeps it from floating away. I felt like I could do anything. I felt magnificent. And that began my quest, my journey to becoming a money lie detector, to expose the lies that were holding me back all those years and uncover the truth that would set me free to fully trust in the goodness of God and all he has in store for me. Because in that moment, I knew that I am made for more. Now that's an excerpt from my new book, Money Lies, The Sneaky Way Your Brain Sabotages Success in Your Business. And it's now available on Amazon. It's just 99 cents for a limited time. The price will be increasing soon. So if you want to check it out, grab it before the price goes up. Now, before I went to Byron Katie's school in March 2018, I had already turned in my notice at my corporate job. And I had already applied to be trained and certified by the Life Coach School as a certified life coach. I went to the nine-day school for the work because I really wanted to immerse myself in thought work in a way that I would not be able to escape it. I thought, if, if I try to do it on my own, there's no way I'll ever make it a, a priority over the work at my corporate job. And like so many other things, it just simply wouldn't get done. I wanted to go all in and focus on the transformation I wanted for my life. And this is the way that I wanted to start it. But I did so not bargain for the work that would be involved. Now, I've heard Byron Katie say so many times, I don't call it the work for nothing. But I completely underestimated how much work I was in for. Now, I'm not going to spoil the experience for you because part of the value of that experience, just in case you want to go, is not having an agenda, not knowing what to expect, and not being ready for everything to come up and smack you in the face. (laughs) Because when you're ready for that, your brain can scheme and plan its escape from all the discomfort. And if I had known how uncomfortable I would be in that nine days, I would not have signed up. 
it's kind of like God's perfect plan for us. Yes, he has perfect plans, but that doesn't mean that the plans are always easy and it doesn't mean it's all fun and games. And that's why he only gives us glimpses into his plan, if that. Sometimes he doesn't give us any clue at all what's coming up ahead because he knows how our brains are designed. We would try to take a shortcut to all to all the good parts and, and skip by all the hard parts. We're wired first for survival and second for efficiency. And sometimes the work that we're meant to do is not fun and it's not efficient. <laughs> and we're human. So as, ma- as amazing as our brains are, and they are completely and totally amazing machines capable of so many times what we ask of them, as amazing as they are, they're still limited. Now, I do highly recommend the nine-day school for the work if you've never done it. It's well worth the price. Now, before I went, when I was in the process of signing up, I almost changed my mind. It seemed like a lot of money. But by the time that I was returning home, I realized what a steal it was. The transformation that I had there was fantastic. But it wasn't easy. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about coaching. Now, the first time I hired a one-on-one coach, I thought, gosh, this is pretty expensive. But now I just see it as such a great investment, an investment that will compound like interest over the rest of my life. What this will produce in my life is above and beyond anything that I could ask or imagine. And the coaching that I invest in doesn't just help me, it helps everyone around me, helps my family, helps whoever I'm in relationship with, helps, uh, you know, everybody. Because I have become such an example of what is possible with coaching. It helps my clients because what I learn about myself and about my business and about making money as a coach, I then use to help my clients even more. So it's like multiplying my coach training times 10. Every coach and every coaching program that I invest in is making me an even better entrepreneur and it's making me an even better coach. Now, coaching, I think of as problem solving. Now, I solve the problem of a limited money mindset, which keeps coaches from making the money they want in their business. But there are coaches for pretty much anything you can imagine. Because there are so many problems that people have, there are so many different kinds of coaches. Now, on that trip to Ojai, I learned how to solve any problem I found in my life. And now that's what I teach and help my clients with when it comes to money. And I love problem solving. I love brainstorming. But virtually any problem can be solved in one of three ways is what I've found for myself. First, where I start is I question whether it's really a problem. Because if it's not really a problem, I don't have to go any farther. We spend an awful lot of time and energy trying to solve problems that aren't really problems. Now, I had a client that was so bent out of shape because she never hit her goals. And I, when I asked her what the problem was, she really had a lot of trouble coming up with an answer for me. And what we learned together is it wasn't really a problem. It was just drama. She was so focused on what wasn't happening that she forgot to focus on what was happening in her business. 
she was doing an amazing job and she was making money. So the first thing you can do is ask yourself why it's a problem. Maybe the answer will be, oh, well, I guess it's not. The next thing you can try is to change the circumstance in the situation. Now, if we go to that example of not meeting your goal, if you're not meeting your goal, is the goal the problem or is not meeting the goal the problem? Now, you can change the goal, you can change the circumstance, and it solves the problem. Lots of times, I I get it, you can't really change the circumstance or maybe you don't want to change the circumstance. Then you can look at it the third way. The third way is to change what you're thinking about the situation. If it is really a problem and you can't or you simply don't want to change the circumstance, then you can always change your thinking about it. So how can you think about it in a way that leads to the solution? How can you present the problem to your brain to find the solution? Your brain doesn't like an open loop. So present an open loop to your brain in the form of a question, and it will work on the open loop until it finds a solution. If your brain gets stuck and spins on the question, just ask it a different question, or you can even try asking the question in a different way. Sometimes just changing the order of the words will give the question a whole new meaning, and your brain will quickly find the answer. Other times, it might just take creating more space for your brain to process the information and to find the answer. So you can let it rest, you can take a walk, you can get quiet and still without distractions or other noise, or you can even do something that your brain doesn't have to focus on. Lots of people get their ideas on a long commute, you know, that your brain's on automatic during that time, or while they're taking a shower, you know, you just go through all the same steps every single day. Your brain doesn't have to think about that. It gives it space to think on the problems that it's trying to solve for you. I have my most productive thinking time in the morning before anyone else is up and I'm just sitting at my dining room table being still and quiet. Sleeping can also help because that's when your brain indexes that data that has come in to your brain since the last time you slept. I don't know how many times I've spun and spun and spun on something, then I give up, go to bed, and the next morning when I wake up, my brain magically produces the answer. That's awesome. (laughs) Our brains have tremendous capacities for solving problems, and the best way to tap into those capacities is just by asking our brains good questions. So ask questions from a growth or curiosity, a solution-based mindset, rather than from a problem-oriented, stuck mindset. I love problem solving and brainstorming solutions. It's one of the most fun things I get to do with my clients. So if you have a problem that you've been spinning on for a while, be sure to let me know what it is and it could end up on a future podcast episode. But if you're in a hurry to solve it, you can always just schedule your free coaching session with me. You'll have 45 minutes of time with me where we can focus on your problem, come up with a solution, or at the very least, come up with some better questions that you can ask your brain. Here are a few people that took me up on this offer. If you've enjoyed our free coaching session with me, please share it with me at jill at jillwrightcoaching.com and you could hear your review shared on an upcoming episode.
So T Dog says this. Jill does a great job of combining insight, personal experience, and positive reinforcement and encouragement to remind listeners that their financial goals can be achieved whatever the circumstances may be. The podcast is a must-listen for prospective entrepreneurs. And then Natalie shares, I love that Jill brings up so many different lies that we don't even realize we believe. We never question how and what we do with money, but why not? Thanks for bringing up so many important topics about money that every generation should hear. And finally, Sherry says this, I have worked with Jill on my money mindset issue. She is awesome. I had both a love and indifference relationship with money, and Jill helped me uncover some mental blocks holding me back in generating more income in my business. I didn't even know I had these subconscious beliefs. Thank you for helping me on my new path to success. Well, thank you to all of you for all those reviews, and I look forward to reading more reviews on future episodes. So I'll talk to you next time, and remember, you are made for more.